0: This podcast is brain-powered by the University of Sydney. We are controlling transmission. Sleep (laughs) Geeks. Dr. Carl and Adam
1: Spencer. here on the Sleek Geek podcast with Dr. Carl and me, Adam Spencer. Uh, Today's podcast, Carl, brought to you by the number 208.
0: 208, which is twice a hundred and... Don't go doing the mathematics of it. There's... Four times fifty-two, the number of weeks in a year, uh, related to cards in a pack. No, no. Okay. over to you, Adam. Uh, isn't there two hundred and eight bones in the human body? Two hundred and six,
1: depending. It's variable feast. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because it depends on how you count. A couple of. Is it true that we're born with more bones? Born with fewer bones. And fewer they bones. Actually, Sorry, they ossify. They they turn from cartilage into bone. And in the case of, is is it true that when a little baby, that when a little baby is born isn't it it's head in sec, separate sort of bony sections and they all fuse together the, the the woman doesn't give birth to a single solid skull
0: no so the, imagine that the bone is made the bone of the skull is made of say half a dozen bony plates mm. and they slip over each other at the edges and then squash the brain and if you do a cat scan of the brain of a newborn child you'll see bleeding inside the skull wow and you'll say this is not good, this kid's going to be a vegetable, and they all recover. And
1: that's an evolutionary thing where it just to get down the birth canal, Canal. if it was a single... I mean, my daughter, younger daughter, lover, big forehead when mm. she came out. If that, if that had been a solid... If her head had been a solid dome, she'd still be in there.
0: Yeah, um, and so that's part of the problem that we're still evolving and so we've got to the stage where the head is just a little bit too big to come out, so we've evolved this little glitchy thing where the bones slide over each other and fuse later.
1: And so in terms of, in terms of we're still evolving and heads still getting bigger, are we getting smarter? Because IQ tests, right? Mm-hmm. Let me say, what's an IQ test? IQ test, intelligent, intelligence quotient Mm-hmm. test, it's an attempt to measure people's cognitive capacity.
0: Yeah? Whatever that is, it's, a, it's such a difficult term. Because
1: you hear all sorts of things about sometimes they're like they're, they're la- written in cultural language where if you don't know that you can score three points in a basketball shot by shooting outside the day, then you're no chance
0: to, you know, etc. Et cetera. Mm. Uh, a classic one is the Weschler Intelligence Scale for Children, which has been upgraded three times in the last three quarters of a century. What do you mean by upgraded? They've lifted the average because people are getting better marks. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it measures 10 separate skills like information on what continent is Mexico, North America ish. Not South America, okay. Arithmetic. South America? Was Central, Central America? Central? Is that a continent? It's hard. <laughs> Arithmetic, if three toys cost $4, how much does seven cost? Mm-hmm. You know, vocabulary, you know, daily words, comprehension. Why are houses in the street given numbers? And similarities, how are dogs and rabbits related? And so that test has had to be upgraded. It first came to notice when the psychologist... Tuddenham, T-U-D-D-E-N-H-A-M, after the Second World War looked at the IQ scores of American men who had been conscripted into the military between the years of 1917, that's First World War, up to 1943. And he found that their IQ, in other words, the number that they got, Mm -hmm. increased by about 4.4 points every decade. Mm Mm-hmm. Now this has been rediscovered and rediscovered, and today it's known as the Flynn effect after Flynn, who lives in and works in New Zealand. Is that because in
1: a more connected world, people are just exposed to more information, so they're more likely to know the answers to things, or are people just are we placing more of a, a an emphasis on education,
0: that, and also? How our world has changed over the last century going from concrete to abstract. So a century ago, if you say, how is a dog related to a rabbit? You say, I use the rabbit, I use the dog to hunt and kill the rabbit. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, a kid would say, well, obviously they're both mammals, right? Quite (laughs) quite different. In a deep voice too.
1: (laughs) In a a deeper voice. But they're both named after teams in the... uh, the National Rugby League in Australia. Oh,
0: now there's a good one. The Rabbits, of course, being... South Juniors, where I live.
1: I'll I'll pay that for you, Carl. And the Dogs. Oh, Bulldogs
0: Canterbury. Carl, you're on fire. Years of practice. (laughs) If you go back to IQ tests, if you go back to our great-great-great-grandparents... They'd have IQs around 70. Are we to believe that one century ago, our country was beset by a plague of mental retardation? No. They were obviously smart, but the world is different. So on one hand, IQ is not something that is set in stone, but it depends partially on what you're given from your parents and how you, you how you grow up and mm-hmm. how you deal with the society that you deal with. And so we're, we're dealing with a world that is far more abstract. So in the year 1900, only 3% of the jobs on the planet involved thinking. The rest, where somebody told you, Adam, pick up that lump of rock and shift it over there. And do it lots, please, for the it next repeats. six months. Right. And so in our environment, it's more abstract. We've also got better nutrition during our formative years. We've got so, uh, our iodine added to salt, so we're cutting out all of those problems of mental retardation.
1: Do we have school
0: systems that are better at catching and
1: identifying people who are struggling and in at least some cases trying to change their trajectories to get
0: them back? Don't know. That's a complicated one because Mm. a century ago, primary school kids were doing Shakespeare. Really? Yeah, and New South Wales. Um, There's fewer infections, so the growth's not Mm -hmm. needed, and smaller families, so you can spend more time. It it does seem that the Flynn effect happens when countries only get to a certain stage of health, education, and welfare, and then the IQ tests seem to run up. The official description of it is... Officially mysterious, we don't understand what's going on, uh, and we're getting better at doing the n- in the number scores, and, and we may well be actually getting smarter.
1: We do need for any time that you set an IQ test, you do need to get the results, don't you? That one hundred is the middle. Now we should emphasise that. And please make that perfectly clear for the audience. Yes. Yeah, so, so uh, uh, across a community of ten thousand people who do an IQ test. 100 should be the, the average the mean score right there the in in, in, the, in the in the middle there and between 85 and 115 is that where two-thirds of the population That's a standard deviation yeah. you should have 60 six yeah. percent yeah bell curve between 85 and 115 then it falls away very very Rapidly, so even though you know, when people talk about someone who's got an IQ of 170 and that sort of stuff, 120 is a very is a very high
0: mm. IQ. Yeah, my, mine's 110, so I'm just above average. That's when it was tested when I was a kid. Good on you, Carl. Well, just a bit, but I work hard with it. I haven't got, I, I don't have much uh, meat, but I use it well. And that, well, that's the interesting thing, isn't it? That people would also
1: argue a couple of things there. First of all, that uh, EQ. Ah, emotional quotient. Emotional. What exactly is it emotional quotient? The, well, the idea that uh, IQ, uh, the, the, the theory is it's, it's the brain's ability to take in information and process it. And correlate it and come up with conclusions. Yeah. yeah, and now the, that, that splits down into do you just know facts, but also the ability learning how to learn. Yes. And having those skills with you for life being important. EQ is more do you relate well to other people. That's so important. And, yeah, do, do you have the ability to... Uh, make a contribution to people and and, and and understand their feelings, take their feelings into account when making decisions. Uh, you know, it's possible to be remarkably intelligent, in mm-hmm. inverted commas, but lack certain uh, emotional and human skills that uh, don't necessarily
0: make you the best person to have in a community. Mm. The Americans have a wonderful saying, and it's called spinning the wheels, where you've got so much horsepower in the engine that when you accelerate, uh, the wheels just break loose and you can't deliver your horsepower to the ground. And so I keep on coming across this, where people are really smart and they're just spinning the wheels, they're just running in circles, they're not doing anything with their wonderful horsepower. They're just wasting their time. What do they need to do, Carl? Don't know. Get some EQ? (laughs) <laughs> Liberally apply some EQ under the hood. <laughs> uh, put some glue on the ground so that their feet. I, I remember that when I was going out to the drags at um, out in western parts of Sub, Sydney, they would the drag racing. I've never been to drag racing. Oh come on, you would love drag I, racing. I've been a couple of times. You've got to, you got you wouldn't like the drag racing. Not really my scene. Really? I'm, I'm like you, you. So so what they do is they have got these wheels that are about. The tyres are about a metre wide, Mm. right? And then they just snap the wheels loose and then just spin them down the road and that heats up the tyres so they're so hot that when you touch them with your bare hands, you get a burn. Now they're ready to do the acceleration strip uh, run where the tyres will stick to the road. The idea of which is to try and get...
1: The quarter mile. The quarter mile in 2.8 How, seconds something horrendous compared to someone who's done 3.1 seconds mm. i don't i don't mean to trivialize the phenomenal engineering and and and, and human bravery that's involved in that but yeah, I'm not, it just doesn't impress me. Oh, but it's, a,
0: it's an emotional thing. Uh, my wife, Mary, and I actually went in a car that had been set up so that we could be passengers in a drag car. And basically, the moment it starts to move, it's just sheer terror. And you're sitting there thinking, ah, yes, um, nice day today. I must remember to cook some broccoli for dinner. Oh, my God! And then there's this sheer terror that comes upon you like a piano falling out of a building and you Mm. have no choice but to go with it. And then suddenly you realise just what these guys are doing with something that's very powerful and very long and skinny and try to keep it going in a straight line. You're thinking, I hope you don't lose control on this occasion when I'm in the car mm. and I will die. I hope that doesn't happen. But when you and Mary went along
1: to sit in the drag races and do the quarter mile, now be honest with me, yeah. was that, had Mary been hassling you for ages going, Carl, I want to go on a drag racer, Carl, I want to go on a drag racer, or was she doing the right thing by your long-term relationship going, yes, Carl, okay, I'll go and sit in a drag racer? The latter.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you got it. What's right, up? Twitter time. Yeah!
1: Carl, our good friend Ash Abdu, mm-hmm. Cycle Ash is Ash's Twitter handle. It's going to say who, but it could be an Ash Lee. Could be an Ash Lee boy or an Ash Lee girl. Don't know. But and Ash.
0: They ride a bike, probably.
1: It's like, quite possibly. Quite possibly. Mm-hmm. Cycle Ash, as I uh, hit us on Twitter at Sleep Geeks, and asked Are cloud shadows the same size as the actual cloud? Are the sun's rays effectively parallel by the time they reach the Earth. Gee, that's a good question. That's deep. You've got you've got the sun a long way away from the Earth. You've got a cloud comparatively close to the Earth. So when the sun projects the cloud onto the Earth, is the shadow the same size as the actual cloud?
0: Yes and yes. The sun's rays are effectively parallel by the time they reach the Earth Because it's so far away. Yeah, so
1: strictly they're still moving ever so slightly slightly apart. But the distance, so how
0: far is a cloud from the Earth? Oh, kilometres, half a kilometre up to about 10, 15 kilometres. Compared from the Earth to the sun. Which is 140 million kilometres, a huge distance. Mm. So the Greeks, getting back to the Greeks... The Greeks could measure the distance to the moon because the moon is relatively close, and they got that distance fairly accurately using only, within 10% using only four things, which were an eclipse. Of the, the uh, moon by the earth, by it going into the earth's shadow, and um, a bucket, uh, which turned out to be a clock, because you just get a bucket full of water and you mm. put a hole and then you count the number of drops, and that's, that's your clock, and a coin held at arm's length, and geometry. And with those four things, they were able to measure the distance to the moon within 10%. Try it with the sun. No way. The sun is so far away that the rays from the sun are effectively parallel. And by the way, Adam, I'll give you a handy mnemonic that you can pass on to your kids. one ten 10, 100. That's the ratio of the diameter of the Earth, Jupiter, and the sun. So if the Earth is one in diameter, roughly, then Jupiter is ten times bigger and then the Sun is ten times bigger again. Mm. But then, of course, when you go to the volume, you follow the cube relationship. So as a
1: result of those sun rays of being effectively, parallel, effectively parallel, and whilst the Earth's surface is curved, mm-hmm. again, compared to the size of a cloud, it's mm. effectively flat. Yes, the sun will project the cloud pretty much to the same shape on the ground as the cloud?
0: Pretty well. You'd need very, very fine geometry. Um, And by the way, with the answer to your question about the height of the clouds, they're higher at the equator and they're thinner as you get closer to the poles because of the centrifugal effect of the earth, you know, the earth is spinning. And so next time you fly over the equator... In daytime, look out of the window. And when you're flying around Australia, say Sydney to Perth, Darwin, uh, or Sydney, Perth, Brisbane, Mm -hmm. you're basically flying above the clouds. Mm -hmm. When you're at the equator... You're flying between the clouds and it's really scary to be flying there in the late afternoon and look up and see a big storm cloud to your right with lightning bolts over on the right, then you run to the other side of the plane, they're happening on the left.
1: The other thing I've observed sometimes flying back above the clouds Mm -hmm. and then a full moon rises and it looks like it's sort of rising up through the clouds and it it looks like the moon is sitting out there Mm. floating on this bed of cloud just for a, a short period of time as in the rise of the moon and the, and, the, and the motion of the plane and the height of the clouds, and it just looks beautiful and surreal. Ah, oh, and we
0: still don't know why the moon looks bigger just as it rises above the horizon. And with regard to the... People say you compare it to local things, but people flying from uh, the USA to Australia uh, in the pilot's cabin, looking out over the horizon, featureless sky, nothing to compare it to. It still looks bigger. It's a mystery.
1: Because it is, what we're saying here is that if you think about all the different full moons you've seen, you think of some of them as quite small, some of them as massive. Mm. The moon's no closer or further from the Earth, oh, yeah. save a small... 10%. Yeah, 10%. It, but, t-
0: it is but, 10% different because that's from three hundred
1: and sixty to 400,000 kilometres away. But people would think they've seen full moons that are... Twice. Twice or yeah, three yeah, times yeah. the size of the... Smaller moon, in theory, within that small margin of 10%, they should all be the same size. That's right.
0: And even though I know that it's virtually the same size, I look at it and I think, that's a big bugger. The other thing with the Greeks was it was Aristarchus.
1: Aristarchus looked at the size of the moon and the half moon and the, 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 the size of the moon compared to the earth as it went around its trajectory and considered a right angled triangle from the sun to the moon to the earth to work out the moon must be massively closer to the earth than the sun is. And also that the Earth must pass around the Sun, and not vice versa. Two thousand years ago, fifteen hundred years before Galileo got himself into
0: all sorts of trouble for suggesting the same. How I have no idea how they did that. Did they just have? A, I, I know they didn't have any smartphones or Twitter feeds to waste their time. A
1: mixture of incredible human ingenuity and a lack of cat videos on the internet.
0: Aliens would think that cats are the main inhabitants of Earth if they looked at the internet.
1: There you go. gigs.